Psalm, Psalm 23, right? Whether you've been floating around church environments your whole life or today's your very first day, it's likely that you've heard that psalm. Maybe you heard it at a funeral. Maybe you heard it in an environment where somebody was trying to navigate grief and loss, and it's very appropriate. I, I've, I've read it at, at funerals. It's a very appropriate thing. But that also is probably barely scratching the surface of potential inside this psalm. It's very just barely opening the door a little bit into the psalm. And, and over the next few weeks, what I'd, I'd love for us to do, what I think Jesus is inviting us into, is just a, a little more full journey through this psalm. And so here's a little bit of context. This psalm is written by a guy named David, um, who, who had a really fascinating, interesting life. David uh, was a shepherd. He was a sibling. He was a son. He was a husband. He was a dad. He was a king. He was a warrior. He was a murderer. Um, he, David had a lot of life. And this is, probably, uh, this is probably a psalm that is written closer to the end of his, his life. And so what we might do to imagine it well is kind of just imagine in ourselves if we could just go as a group and we could get inside of, of, of maybe David's home in the final days of his life and we would pull in and we would say, David, you've, you've lived this amazing life and all of its peaks and its valleys and all of the things that you've experienced on the road of life, they're overwhelming, right? David, could you just, could you just talk to us about it a little bit? And it'd almost be like David would open up his journal And he would start with this phrase, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. I lack nothing. Now, now how many of you have heard it or memorized in a different version? Uh, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. How many of you have heard that version, right? That's good, right? I I lack nothing is actually a, a little bit more accurate here. And here's the lead question today. Like, what are you lacking right now? Because here's the kick. Before we get to I lack nothing, see what the first part of the verse is. In fact, will you just read the first five words with me? Here we go. Let's just read the first five words and then we stop. Here we go. Here's what it says. The Lord is my shepherd. Let's do it one more time. Here's what it says. The Lord is my shepherd. David would sit down and he would look at us sitting on chairs and couches in his living room and he would say, the first thing you just need to know about my road of life is that I've come to understand the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord, he's He's giving us actually a window into Jesus thousands of years later. Jesus, he, he is, he is actively my personal shepherd, my leader, my guide. He's the one in whom I trust. He's my, he's my Lord. And what we see right off the bat, if David would talk to us out of his scars of being betrayed, of people who attempted to kill him, who family who turned their back on him, of nations that tried to overthrow him, if David could talk to us out of the loneliness of hiding in caves when he was running for his life, if David could talk about the grief of his own sin and the agony of murder and adultery, if David could talk out of the grief of his own loss when people around him died early, prematurely, if David could talk about dreams not fully coming to fruition because of his own mistakes and sin, 
If David could talk out of all of that, what he would lead with is the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. What I've learned on the road of life and all of its ups and downs is that I am actually not the shepherd. I am actually not the leader. What I ended up needing was a, was a God who I followed, not a God who I wanted to follow me. I, what I learned I needed in all the ups and downs and the darkness, the loneliness and the victory, sitting on a throne and a king, being the wealthiest person in the world at a known time, what I learned in all of that was is that I didn't need a God who would follow me and who would become like me. What I found I needed was a God I could become like. The Lord is my shepherd. If I could tell David, the, the old sage, could tell us anything, the first thing he would say is, it's actually the Lord who's the shepherd. And, and he's settling that early. And the question we're going to look over the next few weeks at just promises that are all throughout the psalm, promises of how God would engage with us and how Jesus would invite us to walk with him. And it all starts on that phrase that the Lord is my shepherd. Scarred and wrinkled and gray-haired, wise David would look at us and say, that's, that's, if you want to know the promises, it starts with the promises being about who's the leader, who's the Lord. Are you going to be the Lord or is Jesus going to be the Lord? Are you going to be the leader or is Jesus going to be the leader? Is Jesus going to be the leader and because of his love and sacrifice, you're going to conform your life to his? Or do you want to be the great one and you're trying to get Jesus to conform your life, to conform his life to yours? The Lord is my shepherd. David has settled it through this experience. And then he says, because of that, I lack nothing. I lack nothing. I la- How cool would it be able to say, I lack nothing. I lack no peace. I lack no security. I lack no opportunity. I lack no wisdom. I lack no understanding. I lack no hope. I lack no forgiveness. I lack no grace. I lack no strength. I lack no health. How amazing would it be to just look at yourself in the mirror and then look at people around you and say, because of who my leader and shepherd is, I lack nothing. See, our lack is not first a question of what we have. It's a question of whose we are. Our lack is never first about what is in our hands. It is always first about who we belong to, who we are surrendered to and submitted to, who we are following and devoted to in placing our trust. Then David says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. Now, again, David has learned this through a really remarkable life and the ups and downs and, and this long road of life. And, and, and if you're in the room and you're six or over, you already know, right, that that life has a lot of ups and downs. It has weird things that come. It has potholes that, that can't be uh, avoided. It, it has crisis that can't fully be shaken. It, right? The road's kind of complex. It's a little bit messy, and we don't even have to try and make it that way, right? In fact, sometimes the harder we try to make it easy, the more complex it seems to get, yes? And David says, in the middle of all of that, here's the reality, though, that in the middle of all of that, I lack nothing. So how did David get there? Look, I don't know what you lack today. I don't know what you lack in the season, but I'm just going to tell you the beginning of this is loaded with potential to shape how we experience the road of life. I don't know what you lack this morning. I don't know if you lack some freedom. I don't know if you lack a hope. I don't know if you lack a healing, a resolution, a potential, a dream, a grace, a strength, an energy, a breath. Maybe you just feel like you lack a breath. Maybe you feel like you just lack a new day. David says, can I just tell you, man, all all of that starts. This Lord is my shepherd and I shall not lack. So how did David get there? There are some things that David learned along the way on this road of life that, again, if he could sit with us in the living room, he'd just say, can I just tell you some things? 
Can I just tell you some things as a guy who was one of many, I had a lot of siblings and one who got overlooked and one who was a shepherd and lived in the wilderness taking care of sheep, one who was anointed to be a king at too young of an age, one who stared down giants when nobody else would, one who was a king, one who was betrayed by the people I thought were supposed to protect me, one who knew deep, deep friendship and also deep, deep betrayal. One who knew great dreams and one who knew dreams not realized. One who knew family drama and sickness and divisiveness and deception. What did David learn along this road that might be a gift to us? Let me just give us a couple of things this this morning that we just get to kind of see as we walk this thing out. The first is this, that that David, David learned first. That not lacking is, has much more to do with his soul than his stuff. <laughs> See, David knew both having a lot and having... David was king. David had a nation at his beck and call. David had moments in his life where literally he would have been the most powerful man in that part of the world at the time. David had everything, right? David tried to raise money at one point and the nation brought so much they had to tell him, stop bringing it. Stop bringing it. David knew what that is, and yet in David's greatest moment and greatest season of plenty, he was still wanting something. He realized you can have everything and at the same time feel like you don't have anything. So while David had it all, while David had all of the success and everything that goes with it, David saw something else that he wanted, and so he killed somebody so that he could get it and then tried to hide it. So what David learned through his own experience and his own failure is that, that really my, my not lacking is much more about my soul than it is about my stuff. Jesus, literally, a couple thousand years later, would, would speak through a guy named John and through giving him a revelation, and he would, Jesus would speak a word to, to people like you and me in a day and age like us, and this is what he said. It's recorded in the book of Revelation all the way at the end of the Bible. He said, you say, I'm rich. I've acquired wealth. I don't need anything. I don't need anything. I've got everything. I've got a house. I've got food. I've got water. I've got friends. I've got stuff. I've got a job. I've got success. But you don't realize that you're wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I think David, if David could have lived in this time, would have said, oh, I know that. I know that. I've been there. I was a king. I had everything. I had an army at my disposal. I had the power to send them into war. I could conquer other nations. I could get anything I wanted at any time I wanted. And yet I realized that I had everything. And when I had everything, I didn't really have anything because I wanted things I couldn't yet have. And so I would do anything to get the thing that I thought would be everything. And what it showed me was that I had everything, but I was wretched and I was pitiful and I was poor and I was blind and I was naked. My soul was broken. So when I talk about lacking nothing, what I'm really talking about is that I've learned it's much more about my soul than it is my stuff. And until until we approach Jesus more about our soul before it is our stuff, it will always be a little hard to understand Jesus fully as our shepherd, this leader and provider and and protector and guide that we're going to encounter in the next few weeks in this, this psalm. 
The second thing that David would say is what I've learned along the way and all the ups and downs on this road is that my shepherd lacks nothing. My shepherd doesn't lack. My shepherd doesn't have anything he lacks. See, David, through his own experience, looks back in God's direction and says, I can't find a single thing that God lacks. I've tested his patience, and he seemed to have plenty. I've tested his grace, and that's overwhelming. I've tested his forgiveness, and it seems awfully quick. I've tested his wisdom, and he always had it. I've leaned on his strength, and he always came through. I've needed his companionship, and he was always there. He even lacks everything because I actually tried to run and hide from him, and he was there. What I've learned through the ups and downs and on this road, David would say, is that that I've got a shepherd that doesn't lack. And not so much does my shepherd not lack. My shepherd has abundance. My shepherd has abundance. My shepherd, my, my shepherd is loaded with, 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 with abundance. It's, he not only doesn't have lack, there, there's never about, he's never rationing anything. Because he has, a, he, he has abundance. Which really begins with grace, right? I mean, if, if we encounter some things in our lives that it feels like we lack, what we often bump into is this, this underlying assumption that God might not have enough or might not quite be able to come through, which is really what drives us to start playing shepherd, right? That for whatever reason, God might not come through. Which really goes all the way back to how we view and receive God's grace in our lives. If, if, if we feel like God barely has enough grace, if he has just enough grace to tolerate us, that always leads to God not having enough of something else we need. If there's barely enough grace, how could there possibly be more than enough hope? If there's barely enough grace, how could there possibly be more than enough strength? If there's barely enough grace, how could there possibly be more than enough healing? If there's barely enough grace, how could we possibly have more than enough dream? David looks and says, no, my God doesn't lack anything. Nothing. Nothing. He lacks Nothing. And, 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 if, and if you and I, we, if, if we want to begin to live with, with people who have no lack, if we were to say, man, I want to be, I, I'd like to say that like David. I'd like to have a point in my life where I say, man, the Lord is my shepherd. And because the Lord's my shepherd, I don't have any lack. If we, if we really want to, we want to live there, we got to first realize that our shepherd doesn't lack anything. The way to start to live without lack is to realize the shepherd doesn't lack anything. Because it's almost impossible to picture a point of life without Jesus in which we would look and say, you know what, I have everything. I know we use the phrase, we try and use it as a phrase of gratefulness. Oh, I've got everything. David says, it's really that my... It's really that my shepherd has everything. The the phrase that I don't lack comes after the fact of who my shepherd is. It's not that I don't lack and so I have a good shepherd. I have a good shepherd and because I have a good shepherd, I don't lack. The way to live without lack is to understand that the one who is trying to lead, the one who saves and rescues, the one who loves first, the one who creates first, doesn't lack anything. So let's just come back to the question this morning. What, what do you feel like you potentially lack right now in this season? What do you lack? What do you feel like, man, I wish I had more of that? Hope, wisdom, a way forward, a breath, a resolution, an escape, a comfort, a recovery, 
a dream. Maybe you're just bored and you're like, I just need a dream. Could, God, could, could the shepherd give me a dream? A purpose, a plan, an understanding, a connection, a friend, a friend group. What is the thing that you feel like you, that, that you lack? And, and the way to begin to live without that lack is to first realize that your shepherd lacks nothing. There's not a single thing you need that he doesn't already possess. But it, but it gets better because not only does the shepherd lack nothing, the shepherd isn't stingy. Now, you don't have to raise your hand, but come on, let's just talk for a second here. Y'all ever live like God's a little bit stingy? You don't have to answer because I already know the answer is yes, okay? Because we, we just do it. We live like God's stingy. Like, oh, I know God's got love for Larry, whoever Larry is, right? Larry, God loves you. I don't know if you're here, but... <laughs> Right? We live like God says, oh, yeah, man, I mean, yep, yeah, God, God's just such a good comforter for them. Oh, man, God could transform anybody's life, including theirs. Man, I just love how God provides for them. I just love how God cares. I just love how God gives them opportunity. But, but, but I wonder if sometimes this, those little statements of, of almost like our little false humility is, are actually statements of, this underlying belief that God is actually stingy. And remember, it kind of goes back to grace. If there's barely enough grace, then of course God's going to be stingy with everything else. If there's barely enough grace to rescue us, then of course God would be stingy with everything else. Because if God's barely giving us enough grace and forgiveness and compassion, then why would he give us an abundance of other miracles, an abundance of hope and purpose? Why would he give us heaven on earth if he's just barely given us enough grace to somehow get to heaven? God's not stingy. God from his very beginning is generous. He created out of the overflow of his love. Remember, God didn't create out of any scarcity. God needed nothing, nothing. God created out of the overflow, this abundance of his love. God rescues out of the abundance of his love. God forgives out of the abundance of his love. And David knows it. David's an adulterer, a murderer, a deceiver, right? He's an, he's an absent dad sometimes when he should have been present. He's a confused king at times, right? He's an overlooked shepherd. He's an overlooked brother. He's an overlooked son. I mean, right? And now he's right, but I lack nothing. And the only way I could ever lack nothing is because my God has everything and he's just not stingy. Just not stingy. He's generous in, in every way. He's generous with his presence. He's generous with his answers. He's generous with his kindness and with, with his patience. He's generous in his resilience, his perseverance with us. He's generous with his whole kingdom. See, the, the very first promise in the very first sentence is, is remarkably simple-sounding but profoundly impacting of how we actually live out life on this road with, with all the twists and the turns and, and, the, and the wins and the losses, the missteps and then the recoveries. On this road of, of, of life, the first promise is, it sounds so simple, but it shapes how we view and engage Jesus, all along the way. And here's the very first simple 
promise. And each week, we'll just uncover a promise together. But here's the first one. The, the, the promise of the first sentence is that, that the shepherd, the shepherd lacks nothing and gives everything. The shepherd lacks nothing and he gives everything. And again, we, we get the, the benefit of some hindsight, right? David is actually pointing unknowingly probably to, to Jesus in some of this. And, and Jesus later would come and he would describe himself as this good shepherd, right? It's one who would lead us out into, into really good places. And he would lead us into this place of life and life to the full, which doesn't sound much like lack. And the promise is that the shepherd lacks nothing and gives, gives everything. There's, listen, there's nothing, there's nothing Jesus has that he's trying to withhold. Everything Jesus has, he's trying to get into our lives. That's why later in the New Testament of the Bible, people would write things like, we have every single spiritual blessing. Every spiritual blessing. We have everything we need for life in this thing called godliness or walking with him. The shepherd, the shepherd lacks nothing and yet gives everything. And can I just tell you, for me, I mean, I hear, here's part of why I resonate with David in, in this, this psalm. is because I, I have not experienced that reality in seasons of my life where I thought I had everything. In fact, in the seasons of my life where I actually feel like, oh, man, I've kind of got, uh, this is good. Like, it, right? Those are the seasons I actually start missing God's generosity. The seasons of my life I'm most aware of this promise are the seasons where I'm most aware of what I lack of how left to myself and my own devices or even my circle of, of people that, that I and we have great lack, if not for a good shepherd. Just in the weeks leading up to this, I just, I started to just try and write down as, as they came to my mind and heart, just times in my life um, where I've most dramatically experienced the stark awareness that left to myself, I have nothing. And how generous God as a shepherd has been to me in those seasons. And, and it, just, it didn't take me long. I had a list of, of six or seven that were pretty stark times in my life. And, and one of them emerged more as a theme to me. And... I just thought about the number of times, and it's not tons, but I just thought about the number of times in the last 10 to 15 years of my life where I felt, where I felt like I had experienced betrayal. Where I felt like somebody had betrayed me. Not disappointed me, not let me down, not lied to me once or something, but literally betrayed, literally become divisive or fully turned their back on me. And again, it's, it's not a lot. It's, it's, only, it's only a few, right? And 
And I thought back to the moments that those betrayals emerged became clear to me. And I remember that no matter how many people were around me, I remember how lonely those times felt. I remember how dark and discouraging they felt. I remember in each one of them how confused I felt and how at the same time how much of a failure I felt like. And I just kind of let myself wander back through those seasons. And and eventually what is always true is that in those seasons, I I find myself encountering God's kindness in ways that I never knew I needed it. His graciousness to me. His comfort to me. I'm convinced God loves to hug people which may seem weird to some of you. I'm just convinced God loves to hug, loves to hug people. And I'm convinced that, that one of the, the most significant times we experience the intensity of God's hug is when we are loneliest, right? But then here's the other side of that. I was very aware of my lack in those times, but here's the other side of that. That while I felt betrayed in those seasons, you know, it's probably also true. It's all the people involved in that. They they also probably on some way felt like I betrayed them. Most lasting betrayal has some layer of misunderstanding in it. And they probably felt like I I had betrayed them, which just adds whole new waves of feelings of like failure and asking what in the world is wrong with me, right? And it brings you like starkly aware of your, your own lack. And yet here's God again, this shepherd with grace and healing and counsel, like rebuilding of my soul and patience, compassion, transformation. All, all, made, all made, listen, all made possible because the shepherd lacks nothing but is giving everything. And if you wanted to add to the phrase, he's giving everything all the time. I don't know where you feel like you lack today. I don't know if you feel like you, you, you lack in the parenting world or the spouse world or the work world or just the self world. I don't know if you feel like you lack the ability or the power somehow to break an addiction, to turn a corner, to get a dream, to get a purpose. I, I, I don't know where that is. But here's what, here's what I do know. Is I, think, I think Jesus would just love to have a moment to just remind us or convince some of us for the first time, listen, I want to be your shepherd. And when I am, what I'm going to do is I'm going to lead you in a way in the twists and turns and the ups and downs on this road of life where you're going to be able to say with David, it wasn't always easy. It wasn't always great. But I lack nothing. I lack nothing. And so I just want to give us... um, just a minute to respond. Our team's going to come, and we're actually going to just sing a song of response and just to kind of say, okay, look, what does this look like for me? What does this look like? And to help us now, I'm just going to put some questions on the screen that maybe we just ask along the way. Um, there are versions of questions that I just kind of say, how has Jesus worked in this in my life? And just, there are versions of questions that I've wrestled with a, a little bit. And what do I feel like I lack right now? Where, what do you feel like you lack right now? Again, maybe it's any of the things I mentioned before. Maybe it's something I haven't even thought about. And, but you just walked in. You walked in maybe knowing, dear God, I need, I need fill in the blank. 
And maybe before you get it, God just wants to remind you he's got it. He doesn't lack it. And he wants to give it. One of the places we bump into our lack is when we wrestle with this question of what am I afraid of experiencing or losing? What's the thing I would dread if it ever happened to me? What's the thing that I find myself fearful? Oh, dear God, don't ever let that happen. What's the thing that I just find myself, oh, if I ever lost this, I would not. It's sometime a window in to, to what, we, what we lack or what we think that we lack. Am I living with a shepherd theory or shepherd experience? Can I tell you that's the point of the whole first thing, the, this whole first line? A lot of us had shepherd theory. Yep, God is good and God's big and God's got a lot. That's a shepherd theory. David's living out of a shepherd experience. What I know is that I've experienced God having and God giving. What I, I have experienced his presence when it made no sense. I've experienced his compassion and his companionship when I should have in all reality felt most isolated and alone. I've experienced his life when I was staring down death at people who were far more powerful. David's living a shepherd. He is my shepherd. He is not a shepherd. He is my shepherd. Maybe today you, you just take that, Jesus. Be, yeah, be my, be my shepherd. Let me have a shepherd experience. Maybe would I ask the Lord just to reveal to me his abundance and then say, do I lack any of those things? Because you want to give them all to me. If anything you've got that, that I'm just not receiving, would I take it? What am I living with just enough of when Jesus is offering abundance? I don't know why I feel so compelled to keep coming back to this today, but can I just, can I just say to you, you don't have to live with enough grace to just get by. You don't have to live with enough grace to just kind of try and punch your ticket into heaven. God, God's got an abundance. Abundance more than enough, more than we would be able to comprehend or figure out the equation for. Where am I trying to solve internal lack with external abundance? Where am I chasing something, hoping it would be the everything? Maybe those should be helpful for you, but I want to just invite you to stand. We're going to just take a moment and respond. Along the, the back, there are three spots kind of in the back of the room here. And prayer team, if you want to move there now, there's one here, one here, and one back over in this kind of this, this side of the room where some of our prayer team is going to be available to you. And I invite you just to take advantage of that. And maybe you would just go to them and maybe you would say, yeah, you know what, I need a dream or I've been betrayed or this is just a really dark season in my soul and I can't even put my finger on it. Or I'm trying to heal or I'm trying to recover and I just don't feel like I have enough. I, I can't quite get there. I can't quite get that corner turn. They'd love to just pray with you. Part of Jesus' gift to us in these moments. Jesus, um, thanks for truth that you are the shepherd and that, that you, you don't lack anything. You've, you've never lacked love for us. You've never lacked strength for us. Thank you for it. But Jesus, in this moment, in this moment, we want to go way beyond having a theory about a shepherd. Some of us we just need to experience you shepherding us right now. We need some moments where we just soak you in and we just absorb you as a living, breathing, hugging, holding, head-lifting shepherd, giving us whatever it is you and all of your goodness know that we need in this moment. I think that you're generous and that you are not stingy. And for some of us, not on the basis of what we feel, but on the, just the basis of faith in you, we're just 
we're going to open our hearts to everything you would have for us, what you would want to give us in this moment. Thanks for it, Jesus. Please, Jesus. I thank you that you've never wanted to be just a theory. I thank you that you've always wanted to be the experience of our life. Please let it be true in this, today in these next couple of moments we pray. We're going to take the time again. Prayer team's available. You move to them. When you're ready, we're not going to linger here long, so don't delay. I should challenge you. Have the courage to go. Some of you need to go. Have the courage to go to them. And let's sing this together.